Welcome back to Clay, the podcast for courageous leaders always yearning for more Jesus in their life. My name is Justin. I am your host. And today we're talking about something that honestly, I didn't know that I would uh, need to talk about it. I didn't feel like I would ever be prompted to talk about it. I didn't feel like it really needed to be a conversation recorded here. And I wish that uh, I wish that it didn't. I wish that it. Uh, I wish that it wasn't a issue today. I wish that it wasn't an issue that we were dealing with in uh, the church in the way that we are or are not, as you'll find out here shortly. And many of these things that we're going to continue to see unfold in society today come down to whether or not we're willing to talk about them, whether or not we're willing to face them, whether or not we're willing to stand on truth or not. So often, uh, society says one thing, the world says one thing. And instead of speaking against that, we just allow it to happen and kind of step to the side. And it's not a matter of being uh, contentious or uh, intentionally looking for conflict, but uh, the reality is we live in a world that is, in, that is opposed to Jesus Christ. It's opposed to the Word of Christ. It's opposed to truth. And we live in this world, and uh, we see these oppositions come up, these uh, these new lifestyles, these things, these thoughts, these ideologies, we see these things and we don't do anything about it. We just kind of go, wow, that's just kind of, that's weird. Like, why would you even think that? We, we build up these walls and these barriers and we create these, these silos of, of thought, uh, these echo chambers where we go to and uh, everybody, uh, everybody we spend time with, they, well, they disagree with whatever it is that the, the world's talking about. But then we do this thing where a topic comes up and in church, we'll just kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you agree with what I'm saying? Okay, cool. And you don't talk about it. You don't talk about, well, what do we do when somebody doesn't agree or when somebody actually uh, is a proponent of this lifestyle or this ideology? What do we do when they enter our doors? How do we, how do we navigate that? And how do we teach our kids to grow up in a society that is wandering, that is straying, that is drifting further and further and further from truth? Uh, day by day, uh, day by day, minute by minute, it seems. What do we do? How do we manage that? How do we deal with raising our kids in a world of social media? Have we thought about that? Sure, we've thought about it. But what are you doing about it? Where's the action? Where's the camaraderie? Where is the church? Where is the community of believers getting together on these these topics? And I I just don't see I don't see that happening at large. In fact, what I see and what I hear more about is more and more people, more and more people deviating from the truth altogether. Because your son or daughter comes home and learned uh, learned something new, getting indoctrinated in the system that we call our public school system, indoctrinated and taught some some things that you would just be absolutely astonished. And yet, uh, also not surprised at the same time. When you look at the, the trajectory of some of these conversations and some of the places that we've been going as a, a society, you, you wouldn't necessarily be surprised, I suppose, but uh, I bet astonished, and you wouldn't expect that you know, 20, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, even. And yet, uh, our kids are consistently learning new ways of thinking, uh, or, or not thinking, rather, and that's probably the issue is that we're not thinking. We're just uh, accepting and learning what we're being taught and walking away going, okay, this is, this is what truth is. So when you're being taught that truth is relative, that it doesn't really 
matter that it's about your feelings and it's about what you feel is true. And if that's the message that you're being taught, then that's the message you're going to walk away with. That's how you're going to think. You're going to think just to accept whatever's been given to you and not question it. And we probably have a culture of doing this in a church too with the way that we teach about Jesus. We teach, say, hey, this is this is the truth, and just accept it. And I don't see anything inherently wrong with, with that. So if that's your, your, your belief and your, your teaching and you want to raise your kids to learn and to grow, but we should probably also talk about the opposite side of the coin. And I don't mean teaching against Jesus by any mean by any stretch of imagination at all. What I'm actually alluding to is uh, maybe a bit more of a practice of uh, teaching how do you how do you defend your beliefs or, or or maybe even how do you think about your beliefs? If something is brought up that is contradictory to what you've learned and what you've grown through, how do you decide what is true? How do you work through these difficult questions or these things that you might learn in one atmosphere that directly oppose what you've learned in our household or uh, or in in our family, or however that looks, things that you are directly and diabolically opposed to in one setting, but the other setting worships it. How do you navigate that? When all of your friends seem to be partaking in uh, elevating or uh, or worshiping, rather, this way of thinking or uh, the, these feelings, what do you do? How do you navigate that? We need to make sure that we're raising strong children. We're raising children going through life or raising adults going through childhood, rather. That is uh, what our perspective should be, and that is the way that we should uh, move forward as courageous leaders, courageously leading, and always yearning for more Jesus in our lives. But it's easier to just pass our kids off to the school system and drop them off and get home and have everybody get home. Maybe if you have a culture of doing family dinner, do family dinner, but probably rush off to uh, some sporting events or some extracurricular activities because the more involved you are, the better off it is for your child. looks better on the college applications. So we do, 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 do. We do a ton of stuff and we just keep booking up that schedule and then uh, we might get some conversation time. I've heard some dreadful statistics with uh, how much face-to-face conversation time parents get with their kids today uh, in, in, in any day, given day-to-day uh, exchange. And it's, it's sobering. It's staggering. Husbands and wives. Husbands and wives spend less than 10 minutes in conversation together on average a day. Less than 10 minutes. Husbands and wives. I mean, just... Let that sink in for a moment. We live in a world that is vying for our attention and causing consistent, constant, overwhelming distraction. Complete distraction. If you can get tricked into taking your eye off the prize, if you can get tricked into taking your eye off of your calling, then you're going to face second, third, fourth order ramifications for choosing to deviate, for choosing to go a different direction. Now, it's not easy 
to stay on that same consistent path all the time. That's why that's that's one of the, the many reasons the church is an amazing place to raise your family and be plugged into and and stay in community. And you have to be a leader in that community. You've got to be willing to have some difficult conversations. You've got to be willing to stand up for truth. Because you're going to have somebody in your life that's going to come home one day from school and question everything about who they are and their identity. They're going to question everything. We have kids that are so confused in this world. And as a father of a uh, a a two-and-a-half-year-old, amazing, amazing boy, and a daughter... I think about the future and raising my kids in this world, and I get this all the time. Man, I'm really glad I'm not raising kids in today. I'm really glad I'm not, yeah. You know what? I'm stoked that I am. These kids are a blessing. And I know that the road's not going to be easy, and I know that we're going to face challenges, and I know that uh, there is potential that uh, we have to reconcile and deal with many of the things that I talk about on this podcast. I'm not stupid, and you're not either. So we can't live as though these things don't happen to us or around us. Uh, Welcome to a fallen world. So let's pull our heads out of our rear ends and get some fresh air. Accept the fact that, yeah, this is a fallen world and we're going to deal with, we're going to deal with stuff. But that's, that's the thing that we need to do. We need to actually deal with it. Take responsibility, ownership, step up to the plate and lead. We can't passively let the world educate and influence our, our, our generations into thinking uh, all, all sorts of the, just the, the crazy things that are being taught today. And while this has been an incredibly long intro, we're talking about transgenderism today. We're talking about this trans ideology that has been forced, forced upon our kids. Forced. Forced. I'm going to say it again, Forced. It's not that they're being told that they are or are not what they believe themselves to be. It's that they're being taught that male and female don't matter, that there's not a delineation there, that you can be whatever you feel like you need to be. They're being taught that everything essentially that they have been taught or naturally think could be incorrect. They're being taught that it is absolutely okay and that there's no risk involved with transitioning your gender to another gender, specifically male to female or female to male. They're being taught that there are an an innumerable, innumerable amounts of genders and ways that you can identify yourself on any given day. They're being taught that you can feel one way one day and another way the other day and that that is perfectly, perfectly normal, and that's that's who, that's who you are. Like as though, uh, I I mean, there, there's days when I don't feel like working, and there's days when I do feel like working, perhaps. There's days when I don't feel like going to the gym. And there's days when I do feel like going to the gym. That there's not days when I don't feel like being a, a, a he, let alone days that I feel like being a, a she. Like. As I'm talking through this and you're listening to this, you're going, man, like, yeah, that, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's not logical. It doesn't fit with, uh, with, with the constructs of humanity. It doesn't even fit with uh, some anti, uh, a- antithetical uh, uh, beliefs about, about creation, about the world. It doesn't even fit with evolution. Like, 
if you're an evolutionist, like, you can't seriously be like, oh yeah, like this, this is this totally makes sense. I mean, just like like play that out there. Talk about extinction of the human race. And, and the problem is that the numbers are increasing as far as those that are partaking in these I, these ideologies, these these lifestyles that are feeling this certain way. And so they're coming out to the world as I am blank and blank. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat up too much on those that are are are, are doing that because I I honestly I think that you're victims. I think that these people that we're talking about are are being victimized. And and that's that's probably what infuriates me the most personally, and I hope that that bothers you. I hope that you're bothered by this. Honestly, I hope that this last two minutes of this conversation have bothered you. I hope that you feel uncomfortable right now. Because at some point, somebody in your church is going to be wrestling with this issue in their home or personally or in their extended family. It's going to come up. Just like it has started to come up and it's been coming up for for years and years and years uh, on the LGB side of things. And then we start adding a bunch of other letters and then we get all sorts of confused and don't know how to navigate what we should be naturally navigating because we're not willing to talk about it. When was the last time your church got together on a Sunday night to talk about transgenderism in schools or or the uh, the curriculum changing? There are... There are schools near me that are teaching that's, uh, <laughs> that genitalia doesn't matter. That who you are doesn't matter because you can just you can be whoever you want to be as young as, as young as five six years old. There's kindergarten sex ed curriculum essentially. What? When? What? What are kindergartners thinking about on a day to day basis? Their favorite color changes between you know lunchtime and recess. Their uh, their favorite foods change. They have their staple foods, but that's generally what they're thinking about. They might be thinking about being a superhero when they grow up. Maybe a dragon. They might be. They might be. You know, maybe maybe they want to be a race car, and not not a race car driver, but a race car because that sounds cool and it's fun and it's fast. And we're we're teaching them that. How they how they feel is the guidepost for their entire life, and that they can feel like they're not who God created them to be. And what bugs me the most is that we're starting to see this celebrated and elevated in our own churches. There are churches across the nation. I saw one the other day that hosted a, a drag performer in in church. What are we what are we doing? That should bother you, but it should bother you to take action. And I'm not I'm not talking about offensive action and, and, and going on the offense necessarily. Maybe it's just playing some defense. Maybe it's being more prepared. Or maybe it is being on the offensive. Maybe it is getting involved in your community and your school boards and fighting for these kids. Fighting for these kids who are learning these things from the internet, from social media, from teachers, from authoritative figures, people that seem to have or the, the knowledge or the authority on the issues. What do you do when your child comes home and tells you that they don't think that they're a boy anymore? What do you do? 
or maybe vice versa, when your daughter comes home and she thinks that she is a boy instead, what do you, what do, you do? What do you do when your state, when your state lowers the uh, age of a child uh, being able to be alone with a doctor by themselves to 13? How about less? To where they can start making decisions without your influence. We'll allow 13-year-olds in Washington State to decide to start transitioning their gender with chemicals, with surgeries, with uh, really with whatever methods are being proposed. But we won't let them drink alcohol until they're 21. We won't let them start driving. Even if they feel like it, it's not legal. They're not allowed to do that because we don't believe that their brain is in a place where they can make those decisions, when they can make the best decisions for themselves and those around themselves. Now, there is so much to be said on this topic. There are so many places that you can go with this conversation. And again, that is part of the importance and significance of this podcast, the reason that this podcast even exists is to create conversations. But your elder boards and your churches should be talking about this. You as parents should be talking about this. You should be deciding, how are you going to raise your kids? How are you going to be involved in this conversation and be a light in this conversation? Because we have many, many victims out there. They're being victimized for money. They're being victimized for popularity. They're being victimized for I, I don't know woke points. I, I don't I, I don't know I don't know I don't I don't know why you would encourage your children down this path. But there are parents out there that are encouraging their children down this path. And yet there are detransition horror stories after horror stories after horror stories of people who guess what they're not happy. They didn't find what they were looking for. And these surgeries are irreversible. These hormones cause problems. You can't just come back from taking six years of testosterone and just wake up one day and act like nothing ever happened. Or vice versa for estrogen. You can't artificially do this and then just go back to everything being 100% natural like you were before. You can go online and you can look up detransition stories over and over and over. And you can read stories and, and, and blogs and blurbs about people in absolute deep, dark depression. Look at the suicide statistics for those that have transitioned from one gender to the next. If you can even say that that is actually happening. If you really believe that uh, that is a, a true thing. Somebody can transition from male to female and vice versa. Go, go look at those statistics. Go look. Go look at the path that we are encouraging our children to go down as a society. And I know that you're not encouraging them to go down this route. I'm not encouraging mine, obviously. I'm not encouraging anybody to go down this road. I want to be a voice of, of truth and reason in darkness. I want to be a light in this dark space. That's what I want to be. How about you? You can't just 
passively exist in this world. If you do, you're ineffective and likely missing out on a lot of opportunities to to speak truth into darkness. I have uh, I have per- personal relationships that have had their children come home and, and tell them that uh, they're no longer the gender that uh, they're assigned at birth is the, the exact verbiage that's often used. And I've known people that have chosen to encourage their kids down these paths. And that breaks my heart because what I'm about to say, I believe wholeheartedly. I believe that that is child abuse. And I believe that we have a growing number of people abusing children. And we have for decades. But to allow this to happen before your children are of an adult age where they can make this decision themselves is child abuse. It's heartbreaking for anybody to deal with, and I don't say that uh, with an uh, an aggressive tone because I I don't want to attack anybody. I don't want to sit here and go, hey, you, you are abusing your... Your children, I don't want to do that, but I, that's exactly what I'm doing. I believe that to be the absolute truth. You cannot allow the world to just have your children, not without fighting for them. And yet we have a growing, growing culture of encouraging this, of, of seemingly wanting this. I don't know if it's for attention or to make yourself feel more, more, uh, I, I don't know, uh, high, higher s- society. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a status thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, uh, well, it's evil. It's sin. It's evil. It's, it's disgusting. And I know that uh, many of you listening to this are, are not, uh, are, are not playing into this, uh, camp, this ideology of the world. I, I know that. Uh, I know that uh, there is a chance that uh, you're listening to this and you are dealing with this in your home now. And my hope, my prayer is that you are being surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ that are willing to fight with you, that are willing to be there. That's my hope. My hope is that your church family is creating avenues to talk about these issues, to talk about and provide resources. How do you how do you deal with this? Because it's not everybody's situation where they can homeschool their kids. I I get that. Not everybody can uh, pull their kids out of these systems, and that doesn't mean that they're impervious to them anyway. There's still access to the world. There's still other friends and activities and uh, other teams and and such that involvement will will, will bound to uh, be bound to expose your kids to these things. So how do we raise our kids to be stronger, more resilient? How do we raise resilient children? These are the questions, these are the conversations we should be having as a community. These are the questions that we should be willing to have. How do we, in a world like this, consistently seek truth and be the light? How do we do that? Those are the questions that we should be having. These are the things that we should be talking about. 
So what's the point, Justin? What's the point of this episode today? What are you trying to convey? What are you trying to tell us? I'm trying to tell you this. The world is after your kids. It's after my kids. It's after it's after you. It's after your heart. It's 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 after you. The world is coming for you. And it's not uh, always going to be up in your face. It's going to be slowly, and it has been over years. Slow, methodical, evil agendas are why our school system is where it's at today. And that agenda, you could trace it back to the founding of the, the system itself. You could, you could find all sorts of little different signs of it here and there. But there are so many little things that have changed and have caught us off guard to where we're at today. From uh, the founding of social media, from the connectivity of the world via the internet, we've had some amazing, great things happen, and some absolute terrible things. So I'm recording this today because my hope is that as you hear this, you're not going to be another quiet, passive Christian who isn't willing to raise these questions, who isn't willing to get a group of people together in your community Maybe start talking about this. Get involved. Go to your school board meetings and find out what is being taught, what is being done in your schools. Pay attention at home. Lift your head up from your screen a little bit more. Maybe come up with some rules that when your family's together, those cell phones, they sit on the counter in the kitchen and that's it. They're used for just when you're out and about and going out through your day, but when you have opportunities for that eyeball time with your kids, that you take it. That you take it. That you take every opportunity that you have to pour into your children. That you take every opportunity that you have to pour into the children that you have access to via uh, your, uh, your, your student and youth ministries. Maybe it's your extended family. Maybe it's your nieces and nephews. Maybe it's the sports team that you coach. Your values matter. The things that you believe in matter. The truth matters. And if you're afraid to stand on truth, then that is what you're going to duplicate in your kids and those that are looking up to you and those that are looking to you to lead. If you're afraid to stand on truth, to stand on principle, then that's what you're going to teach. And we have far too many easy-to-move, constantly bending and swaying with the wind Christians. Way too many. Way too many. And my hope is after hearing this today that you'll at least think about this. My hope is that if you know somebody who is uh, dealing with this issue in their own home, that you'll reach out to them. You'll let them know that they're not alone. That they're not alone. Maybe you know somebody that is dealing with this issue in their household and they're excited about it. My hope is that you'll be willing to have a conversation with them too, as difficult as that might be. Because as excited as they may be, as encouraging as they may be, they're probably freaked out. They're probably, is 
equally concerned. Lost in, lost in the things of this world. Lost in, lost in the emotion, the feeling of whatever this is. Somebody needs to speak to them. Somebody needs to be a different voice in the echo chamber. If you take a look at the description below, you'll see a couple of links to some easy-to-find statistics online. Some easy-to-find uh, just stories. You can just Google detransition stories and grab your tissues. It's miserable. It's terrible. It's awful. With that, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off and close out this conversation uh, today. This has been a thirty minutes, thirty minutes to uh, hopefully encourage and inspire you into action. Thirty minutes to let you know if you're wrestling with any of anything really that you're not alone. You're not alone, and uh, community is is there, uh, and and it's out there. And stay tuned for more ways to plug into. Uh, to Clay specifically, but uh, this cannot be your only community. You need you need brothers and sisters to to walk through this life with because uh, this is a a battlefield, and you need somebody watching your back. And that's what we can do as the church: we can watch one another's back. We can speak truth into darkness. We can be the light in the darkness that we are called to be. We are called to be.